Welcome to KC Corner, episode 164. You're about to have your fifth grandchild. Yeah, incredible. Man, and I'm so young, Brooks. I know, know? I know. And the thought you with four kids having five grandchildren, that's not too unusual, but that one is going to have four. Mm -hmm. She's really showing off. She is showing off. That family's showing off, for sure. But she married a guy who was one of eight kids, so I guess there's something in the blood there. Yeah, exactly. They got some work to do to get there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they're going to make eight, but we'll see. I mean... They're going to have four, four and under. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. That's that's going to be a fun household. Right that's going to be fun. A, a real fun household. Thank God they have a lot of energy. And you got and you got to see your Florida State Seminoles on this. Oh, Sunday. that was awesome, Brooks. That How was, was the atmosphere so in Camping World Stadium? It was, it was uh, unreal. You know, you kind of forget how a college football game, the, the pageantry, oh, yeah. uh, it is just awesome. And then... Seriously, Brooks, I, during the National Anthem, I'm like, I hope they have a flyover. I hope they have a flyover. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. two jets go flying over. <laughs> and it was so awesome. And then in the second half, uh, they, they launched a, a, a satellite. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, you see a rocket going up. You're like, holy cow, this is great. That, by the way, they football played football. In Florida right there. <laughs> exactly. And it was, by the way, it wasn't too hot. I was worried that there mm-hmm. would be like stifling hot. It wasn't bad. And in the mornings, there's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of fall air. Yeah, not, yeah. Not quite a little there bit. yet, but no. like not just walking out of the house and already sweating. It's so true. It's so true. Not immediately opening the door and thinking, I'm not going out, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So. so it's the fall. This turns into a sports podcast now. We're back to football <laughs> and then in a couple months, hockey talk in the beginning. So. You know, it's a, usually a short distance to there, you know. Yeah, you know? Uh-huh. So it's like grandkids sports. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, where we have sports. Yeah. So, so now through January. January, uh, if you don't want to hear the sports talk, you can probably just fast forward the two and a half minute yeah, mark and then you're good to go. Maybe you can get five. to the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Big weeks when the Bills win, maybe Ooh, a five minute mark. Exactly. <laughs> we got the lightning coming up. <laughs> but we have a lot to cover today. We can I, we can start in Luke 19. You know, uh, I'm excited about today. Oh, yeah. There's some good stuff. We got, uh, I don't know if it is your favorite book, but potentially your favorite book. Which you one? Did. Oh, 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 yes. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, it's, it's incredible. It's up there. It's way up there. All right. So, you know, uh, we we are in the Gospel of Luke, and uh, we're slow grinding through, and we're getting to the point where he's coming up uh, through his triumphant entry, that's over this mm-hmm. reading, and uh, into the temple and some amazing teaching that takes place there. Uh, but again, the people start thinking, hey, the kingdom of God is going to be coming in its fullness uh, because he's heading toward Jerusalem. I mean, they had enough knowledge to know that's an important city, what is going to happen there. And Jesus is going to tell this this terrible uh, this parable terrible <laughs> terrible this terrible it was a, it wasn't terrible it was a parable <laughs> so uh, um, about the fact that hey uh, the kingdom of God is not right away you know you guys are like tenants uh, you guys are going to have to take care of this and he gives these minas uh, mm-hmm. this like uh, amount of money uh, to uh, different people and the whole point was whatever God has given to you multiply it use it to advance the kingdom and so. Yeah, the kingdom of God's not right here yet. I mean, it is here, but it's not here in its fullness. So, interesting I have, story. I have right here, each each servant receives one mina, the equivalent of 100 drachmas, or 160th of a Greek talent, representing several months' wages. Which is very cool. And you mm-hmm. know, you said each one in, in that one, because one received 10, or, or 5, and made 10. One received 3, one received 1, I think. So, uh but I think they were saying each one was worth that. Is that yes. correct? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. All right. And then you have the triumphal entry. And mm-hmm. what I love about the triumphal entry uh, in Luke's gospel, which mm-hmm. is only in Luke's gospel, is that 
as the people are singing Hosanna, you know, blessed be the king who comes in the name of the Lord, uh, the Pharisees there turn to Jesus and say, hey, rebuke your disciples. You know, hey, stop them saying this. This is, this is heresy. Don't let them say this about you. And I love his response. It's one of my favorites. It's, uh, hey, if they remain silent, even the stones are going to cry out, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, I've heard it said that, you know, the stones kind of do cry out with the resurrection, you know, as, as the earth quakes and everything is, is uh, happening. But, you know, um, I love the fact that we are called to sing his praises and all of creation will sing his praises. It kind of paints the picture of the Pharisees, like the old crockety neighbor, like running down the road, like, hey, you guys pipe down. <laughs> exactly. Like, what are you guys doing? Exactly. There's a sound ordinance going on right now. You're breaking the sound ordinance, you know, I mean, trying to stop the parade uh oh gosh that's a great great just, picture. just trying to rain on the party <laughs> yeah you know yeah they were trying to do it and then he goes in the temple and i think some of the really coolest insight of his teaching you know especially when you get the uh context that he has here he is in jerusalem here he is about to give his life for our sins and here he is in the temple teaching and there was so much uh uh, great wisdom, but there was also so much, uh, you know, the, uh, the religious leaders were so against them. I mean, you know, so much contention and stuff like that. So, you know, right away, the Pharisees want to know, hey, by the way, who gives you the authority to do this? You know, stop it. <laughs> Again, being crocodile. Yeah, exactly. Who gives you this authority? And, and he, so smart, he's like, oh, let me ask you guys a question. I'll tell you if you answer my question. You know, uh, John the Baptist, who gave him the authority? Was that from heaven or was that from man? And they, they get together because they're wimps. And they're like, okay, if we say from heaven, people are, you know, going to say, well, why didn't you listen? We say from man, they're going to stone us. So... It said, we don't know. And so Jesus is like, well, I'm not going to tell you, you know? And so... Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, they say, so if, cool. if we say from heaven, he will say, why did you not believe him? But if we say from man, all the people will stone us to death, for they are all convinced John was a prophet. Yeah, isn't that incredible? They were people pleasers. They were afraid of people's opinions, uh, looking out for themselves. And then they, he tells the, uh, the parable of the tenants, uh, mm -hmm. those who, uh, you know, uh, were put in charge of the master's land, which... Uh, really interesting they keep he keeps uh the master keeps sending uh different servants to come and get what was rightfully his and they keep turning him away and then uh he's oh, i'll send my son uh what what a portrait of what's happening you know in the in the uh scriptures god keeps sending his prophets to the people mm -hmm. hey, you know turn toward me and then he'll ultimately send his son and so they realize hey this is great let's take the son and kill him we'll become heir we'll get the land and uh you know, and, and it's interesting, their people's response, they cry out, no, may this not be, you know, they, they, they are, uh, they, they hate the reality and the religious leaders know that it's about them. Mm -hmm. I mean, so they, they see through this one. They're not like, oh man, this thing's the crosshairs of this story is mm -hmm. us. And then he's going to quote Psalm 118 that he is the cornerstone that has been rejected. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. And using tenants twice <clears throat> within one chapter here it's in impressive. two different parables, you know, <laughs> tenants is a, it's, it's a temporary term. It means yeah. you're renting, you, you don't own the space or anything. And so using that term to kind of describe us is kind of interesting. It is very, yeah, another good insight, Brooks. You know, I mean, he is the uh, creator of all things, the ruler of all things, and the owner of all things. Mm -hmm. And then there's this great little story about uh, they, they try to trip them up with taxes and mm -hmm. Caesar. But hey, you can go on my Instagram or my Facebook because <laughs> I 
talked a little bit about that. We, we have a content creator on our hands now. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> a social media influencer. You know, you say content creator, and I don't even know what that means. But it just scares me. I'm like, oh you're my god. You're just gosh. creating content. You're yeah. putting you're putting videos out, and then you know stuff for the people. Uh, well, it's a pastor uh, for the people. You should see. I, of course, my coach is your friend Seth Wagner, and mm-hmm. my friends. So, yes. Uh, thank you, Seth. He's walking you through it, which is, is good. Yeah. Then I actually have JP and Kyla kind of help me. The first time I posted on Instagram, I was like. <laughs> They, they had the words come up, you know? Oh, yeah, oh, there you go. Gosh, you got was... to do that so the people can, if they're yeah. at work, you know, they can't necessarily turn the volume on, but well, they that, can read the that's words. That's exactly right. We say, God, do that. I think I actually did it successfully once. Mm-hmm. And so there you go. Ones, that's so, good. So I'll, that's I'll, good. I'll We're there. on the way. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> so we can All move right. on. We got a couple a couple books to cover here in the second section. Yeah, we have uh, uh, Titus, and then we have Philemon, which is just a one-chapter book. Mm-hmm. But we both of us just love Titus. And mm-hmm. I love in Titus 2, it, it talks about... The grace of God that has appeared. And then there's two appearings of the grace of God, Brooks. And mm-hmm. uh, the first appearing is the, is, I'm sorry, the, there's two appearings of, of, of God. And mm-hmm. the first one is the appearing of grace, bringing salvation. And the second appearing that we're longing, waiting for is the appearance of glory. Mm-hmm. When Jesus comes back, not as an infant in a manger, but King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Judge over all things. And so we're kind of living in this in between right now, you know, the the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation today for us, but we long for that other appearing. So I think it's teed up for you. you yep, read it? yep. Titus 2:11 here for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. And then ending chapter two here, declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. I, I love the sequence of that, Brooks. Thanks for reading it. First of all, the grace of uh, God has appeared, bringing salvation, not just to the Jews, but to all people. And then it says, because salvation has come, here's how we live, teaching us you know, to renounce uh, ungodliness, teaching us how to live, but also as we wait for the appearing of his glory. So it's that that now and not yet of, mm-hmm. of the kingdom of God. It is here now, but it's not here fully. It is, we have God's grace, but man, we're waiting for God's glory. And mm-hmm. just think of Christmas time as a celebration of grace, uh, amazing grace who's come, but his second coming will be the celebration of glory. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, good stuff. Titus packs a punch for just three, three little chapters. It, in it. And let's go with one of our favorites <laughs> of all time, Brooks. I love Titus 3. I know you do as well. Oh, yeah. We're, we're just going to read it first then hash it out. So Titus 3, 3. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Mm. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according According to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. That's the gospel you mentioned. That, That's that is the gospel. I remember, I never read Titus until last year, and I remember reading those four or five verses there. And like I said, it packs a punch. That, is, that is the gospel very clearly spelled out. Yeah, it does. It's, you know, it's interesting. As the loving kindness again appears, there, there's that appearing again, mm-hmm. bringing us salvation. Thank you for the salvation we have. And he makes it very clear. It's not by our works, is mm-hmm. it? 
It's by God's grace that we are saved, not by what we do, not by works of righteousness. Very much like the uh, the, the prodigal son of, you know, we ourselves were foolish, disobedient, led yeah. astray, slaves to passions and pleasures, and then we, by the end, are become heirs to the hope of eternal life. Wow, and what a turn. Again, not, not by our good works. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. And what I love about that is it talks about salvation in a way the Holy Spirit gets a, a little bit more ink than a lot of times. I mean, obviously, we're, we are saved ultimately through the life, death, and resurrection of the, the Son, mm-hmm. Jesus. But remember, we're saved by the grace of the Father who sends the Son, but we're also saved, it says, by the Holy Spirit. They're, they're renewing the washing uh, of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. upon us. And, uh, you know, that's that's the Holy Spirit coming and giving us regeneration, new life, giving us the ability by God's grace to hear the gospel, to respond uh, to uh, this offer freely. But if God didn't regenerate us through the Holy Spirit, if we're not made alive first, then we wouldn't be able to have that faith and repentance. And this is a big thing because, as you know, um, King's Chapel, we are a church that embraces Reformed theology. And Reformed theology celebrates uh, the salvation of God is all of grace from start to finish. It's not by works, but even the regeneration of the Holy Spirit has to precede our faith and repentance because dead man can't respond to anything. If we're dead in our trespasses and sins, the first thing that has to happen is God's grace has to come into our lives uh, and and give us the ability, the new nature to do that. And that's just this regeneration. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all God's grace. It kind of goes on to say too, hitting on the good works part so that those who, who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As Mm. for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, Mm. knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. Wow. So stirring up, you know, controversy surrounding good works or little, you know, battles of different smaller beliefs. Yeah, and genealogies Mm -hmm. and, you know, hey, I'm better than you because I'm from this tribe or, you know, from that or I'm a Jew, you're a Gentile or whatever. But yeah, it's such a good thing. Again, he says, hey, we're saved. Then he goes to good works. It's like Ephesians 2.8, by grace you're saved through faith, not of works so that no one can boast. And then it goes, but we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Here you see Titus saying, hey, by the way, it's not good works that saves you. Uh, you're saved by God's grace. But here, you got to be doing the good works. Mm-hmm. So good works aren't the root of our salvation. They're the fruit of our salvation. Mm-hmm. Stole that from somebody. And I there love you that, go. you know. So, <laughs> don't even, don't give them the source. No, I don't even know who it is. It's <laughs> Claim it as now. your own. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Then we have a little tiny book here, Philemon. Uh, yeah, Philemon. And, you know, it's interesting. One little chapter, one little interesting story. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Onesimus. Uh, Onesimus. Uh, who uh, is the guy who's, uh, Philemon is the guy who writes it. Uh, but it's all about Onesimus, mm-hmm. uh, who is a apparently a slave at one time, mm-hmm. ran away from his, his master. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, and so it's like, hey, I know. And by the way. Onesimus, you remember, you know what the word means, what his name means? Useless. Yeah, that's a good name. There you who, go. Who names a kid useless? <laughs> oh, it's a baby boy. What should we name him? Useless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. But he, Paul says, hey, he's become a great use for me. I really like him. He's mm-hmm. become a brother in Christ. He's really, he's very helpful. And I love what Paul says. He's sending him back. And he says, listen, if he owes anything, put it on my account. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll take care of him. Isn't that what Christ has done for us? If they, we owe anything, put it on my account. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of goes back to that that good Samaritan story. If it, you know, whatever he, 
whatever debt he incurs, put it on my account. And uh, yeah, it's don't receive him as a slave, receive him as a brother. Mm-hmm. Not uh, in the little like preamble for this chapter, there, which is probably more than the actual chapter itself. It kind of talks about slavery in the Bible and how. It was there was never supposed to be slavery in the world. That right. is a part of you know our brokenness, and it wasn't a part of creation at all. But it kind of talked about the history of slavery and how what Paul says of like you said, don't treat them like a slave, treat them like a brother. And how they these poor people they had to be in slavery or else they would just starve to death. Yeah. And the, there was no government, there was no welfare, no way for them to get any food. They had to work for their wages in a way to survive well and it's quite different than what we know of slavery that we went into africa Mm -hmm. and we actually kidnapped and stole and horrific as you said i mean a lot of times this is something that financially happened they did they could not pay a debt or they could not and so it was it was not the atrocity that we saw in in our own country and and other countries of slavery Mm -hmm. but um I yeah. thought that was really interesting in the in the little uh, introduction to the chapter there because obviously they're talking about Onesimus who is referred to as a slave and then a brother. Yeah, and isn't you know in Scripture says hey we were a slave to sin mm-hmm. and now uh, you know set free and, and Jesus isn't ashamed to call us brothers mm-hmm. so uh, that's cool stuff. Oh yeah, on to Proverbs. Yeah, let's talk about Proverbs. I think we're at fifteen through seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I got a couple things that I've just, uh, I, I go through the Proverbs every day, the day of. So I know Proverbs 15.1, such wisdom, a soft answer turns away wrath, mm-hmm. but a harsh word stirs up anger. You know, mm-hmm. it's that one who, in the midst of an argument, who can just answer softly, you know, could kind of diffuse things mm-hmm. instead of stirring the whole pot. And yep. so... Uh, yeah, and then on and two also kind of continues. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. Oh gosh, isn't that the truth? It's so <laughs> I just true. love the term folly being used in pro- <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's just so funny. Yeah, folly. It's, it's a it's a way for a wise man to say foolish or stupid in like a you know, more wise. intelligent way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're really full of folly. You're He's basically folly. saying you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 actually Hebrew for idiot. <laughs> so, so anyway. Oh, that's funny. Uh, and then verse nine, the way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, uh, but he loves those who pursue righteousness. And again, mm-hmm. just what a contrast. I mean, uh, that the holy God who is, I mean, certainly the way of the wicked, it's an abomination. But for those by God's grace who are pursuing righteousness, man, he loves it. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we know, we are knuckleheads and we don't, we can't pursue without his grace and Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. And then some real wisdom, like, you know, 15, again, a, a glad heart makes a cheerful face, but a sorrow, but sorrow of the heart is a crushed, it's the, the spirit is crushed. And, mm-hmm. You know, just the joy of the Christ in our lives. I mean, it should radiate our whole lives. You've seen somebody say, man, they just kind of uh, exude uh, happiness, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, that comes from Christ, which I love. And already in the Proverbs, or really in the last few chapters, we hit it on the first time we saw it, of a, uh, I'm going to butcher it, but like a good son brings joy to his father, and yeah. you know, a bad son makes his mom's heart break. Yeah. I've seen that three times in the last like five chapters, and they oh, kind of yeah. keep hitting it, and they kind of word it exactly the same. No, they too. do. It's, it's woven through, there's certain themes that uh, it's going to be woven throughout. And again, I think the whole Proverbs was really... Uh, set to uh, a, a son, hey, listen, you know, listen to my words, embrace wisdom. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, to uh, to the one who really needs to learn. And so, yeah, that, that good, good pickup. 
Yeah, I love it. And then the only thing I want to say, I mean, there's a couple of things in 15, but, you know, without counsel, uh, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. And just the wisdom, like, you know, it really does help to talk up to some trusted advisors about life. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, if you're if you don't have any counsel from anybody else, you know, you're probably not going to get very far. But if you could go to some trusted folks and say, hey, what do you think? And how, how, how do we do this? Uh, there's just some great little wisdom there. Yeah, and that's how companies are set up. They have people over marketing and yeah. technology, or it's how sports teams are set up, whether you have a pitching coach and a hitting coach and sure. everything like that. You have people who specialize in something and then kind of a head CEO, head coach type role that is a really good manager of people. Or even above that is like usually a board of directors. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of the council. Hey, what do you think? This is our business plan. This is where we're going. So mm -hmm. uh, some wisdom there. And then in 16, let's just jump there, is that commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Mm -hmm. I've always loved that of, hey, whatever you're doing, I mean, surrender it to the Lord, to his will, and, and that will really uh, let his blessing come upon them. And again, if we're submitting our work to the Lord, it, it's his to turn and to change. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just I, I love that reality, that reminder. So and kind of starting before that, that's verse 3, 16. And then one and two are the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Hmm. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord waits the spirit. So it kind of starts with, you know, we desire our own things, but it's yeah. not what's going to happen and not what is best for us. And you know, it's like our, our desires, our plans, but then you see this invisible sovereign hand of God who's going to rule and reign over all things. It's so good. Which so. we'll see probably in Esther here to coming up. Talking yeah, about oh that. yeah. I love that. So, uh, you know, Hey, 16, again, there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. We, we, we can't make it on our own. And, uh, let me just say, let me give one shout out, mm -hmm. uh, a, a proverb 17, 17, 17, a friend loves at all time. And a brother is born in, in for adversity. You know, you just, I just love that reality that a true friend is just going to be there. He's going to, no matter thick and thin, he's going to be loving you. In the midst of adversity, that friend becomes more than a friend. He's a brother. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love that because I know you got some friends in your life. They're like brothers. Oh, and yeah. Absolutely. It. So, so it's a... Uh, it's a cool thing. The Proverbs are great. Proverbs are great. Here we go. Lots, lots of wisdom. Lots of wisdom. <laughs> and so drum roll, you know? Drum roll. Here we go. I'm just going to let you cook on Esther. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get to the the Bible, and Esther is a story that never mentions the word God. It doesn't mention the temple. It doesn't mention the covenant. There's so many things about Esther. You think, ah, oh, what an amazing little story. Uh, it's a post-exilic, or I actually said they're in exile. Uh, you know, it's a, it, the setting is in current modern day. exilic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the the setting of this is a place called Susa, uh, where uh, that was. It's modern day Iran, and uh, uh, so here you have basically the world's biggest party going on king xerxes who's the most powerful man in the world he's going to spend six months displaying his wealth to other people six months brooks you know not not like a week like uh, uh like like hey everybody come see my stuff i mean and at the end of the six months uh he's going to have a week-long party a feast that he's like everybody just drink up everybody's feeling great and, uh, you know, uh, alcohol, it, it leads to some stupid things, you know, it really takes away your gray matter. And he says, hey, I got a great idea. I want everybody to see how beautiful my queen is, Queen Vasti. So she's having a party of her own, like, bring her out, go mm -hmm. get the queen and put her crown on and get her out here. And, and again, 
a deeper read into this. Uh, uh, they, and I, they, and uh, I'll read that little section. Yeah. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mahuman, Biztha, Harbona, Bigtha, Abagatha, Zethar, and Carcass, the seven eunuchs who served in the presence of King I'm not going to try and pronounce these. Yeah, there we go. To bring Queen Vashti before the king with her royal crown in order to show the peoples and the princes her beauty, for she was lovely to look at. She's lovely. (laughs) So bring her out, you know. And what the commentators say is they probably wanted her to bring come out with just her crown and nothing but her crown, you Mm -hmm. know, so they could gawk at her. And, uh, you know, she's a self-respecting woman like... There's no way I'm going out there. I'm mm-hmm. not doing it. But Queen it. Vashti refused to come at the king's command delivered by the eunuchs. Yeah. And at this, the king became enraged and his anger burned within him. Burned. And so, you know, and then, then his counselors come around him and they they like, this is like, this is really bad because if word gets out that the queen doesn't listen to the king, everybody's household is going to go right in the old toilet. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, uh-oh, there's going to be women out there that be disrespecting their husbands all over the place. So you could see the setting of this. Like, we got to keep them under our thumb. So get rid of Queen Vasti. And <laughs> hey, somebody comes up with a good idea. Let's 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 have a beauty pageant and bring in the best, the fairest one for you to pick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then uh, in that story, it now gives us a guy named Mordecai. Uh, who was a Jew who was there in exile, incredible guy. And he is kind of adopted uh, Esther. I mm-hmm. mean, Esther uh, lost her parents and uh, um, he's like big uncle Mordecai is going to uh, put her under his wing and mm-hmm. provide Besides her. of Esther, the young woman had a beautiful figure and was lovely to look at. She was also the same as Vashti. And when her father and her mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. Yeah, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so she here she is, uh, you know, beautiful uh, inside and out. And so she gets selected to be part of the beauty pageant. And, you know, Brooks, did you read that they gave them 12 months to prepare? Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, we want some oils. You want a little coloring mm-hmm. in your hair. You oh, know, yeah. you know, you get on the treadmill for <laughs> a little bit, you know, burn it, you know. Uh, and so... Trying to get get uh, the, the I mean twelve months of like. Well, what could you school. look like in twelve months if you're if you're Ooh. preparing for a, for you know a, a David Hasselhoff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll continue. We'll continue. All right, all right. All right. So uh, and then and then it's interesting uh, how they choose. I mean, everybody gets a night with the king. So mm-hmm. what do you think that is? Like a, an interview for their intellect? I think you know? so. You, probably. You, you, you yeah. think it's mm-hmm. a sit down? Tell me about your family. Yeah. What do you think about? What do you think about long walks on the beach? Yeah. You know, whatever. So, you know, it's kind of a little bit racy there. I mm-hmm. mean, he gets a night with each one of these to see, uh, does this one work? And then Esther wins. Mm-hmm. Esther becomes uh, uh, queen. But again, maybe the overarching main story, the whole main story, is this egocentric, bigot, anti-Semitic, anti-Semite uh, named Haman, mm-hmm. who... Um, he 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 interacts with Mordecai, and uh, Mordecai won't bow down to mm-hmm. him. Bow down to him, and so uh, Haman has a lot of power, and he's got a lot of he's got the king's ear, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he gets so upset he can't celebrate what he does have. 
he hates the fact of what he doesn't, and that's he can't get Mordecai to bow down to him. So he hates not only Mordecai, he hates all Jews. Mm-hmm. It says, And when Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow down or pay homage to him, Haman was filled with fury, but he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai alone. So as they had made known to him the people of Mordecai, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews, the people of Mordecai, throughout the whole kingdom. I mean, this is Hitler. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Hitler a long time before Hitler. Of Let's create, let's have genocide against the Jews. And... You know, he was close enough to uh, uh, King Xerxes that he was able to say, hey, I, I, by the way, we got these rebellious people. Let's get rid of them. And Xerxes didn't do his homework. He's like, OK, sure, go ahead, get mm-hmm. rid of them. And then he, you know, there's an edict that goes out with his official signet ring and, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to kill them all. And then word gets out to Mordecai and he says, "Ah, oh, we can't let this happen. So he goes to Esther, you know, basically his daughter and says, uh, hey, Esther. You're going to have to do something. And she's like, oh, I can't just walk into the king's presence. If I'm not summoned, I'm going to get killed. But he's like, I love it. Mordecai's like, if, if God doesn't use you, he's going to use somebody else. And mm-hmm. and who knows? Maybe God raised you up for a time like this. And Esther summons the courage uh, and goes in. And, and she sets up this whole thing, like wants to bring in Haman. I mean, just it's just the drama is dripping, you know. And Haman is so upset with Mordecai that he has these the hugest gallows built to hang him on. I mean, he mm-hmm. just I don't want to get rid of this guy. I want to I want to humiliate him as much as I can. Here's a good idea. Let's build this huge gallow, this huge pole, this huge thing to hang him on, to impale him on. And uh, the irony is that's going to be his end. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, yeah, and just to have. Uh, the story unfold and Esther uh, getting the heart of uh, the king and he's saying, what do you want, Esther? And she's like, I just got to fight for my people here. If mm-hmm. it was just me, I'd remain silent. But, uh, you know, who would do this thing? It's Haman. And, uh, uh, you know, Haman tries to f- plead for his life. I mean, it, he was so afraid mm-hmm. that, that uh, he kind of gets on the couch with Esther and, is, you know, and the king comes in like, are you kidding me? Now you're going to try to take, you know, molest my wife right here in my own presence and so where does Haman go he goes on the gallows that he built you know mm-hmm. and it's so and what happens there's a there's a, an edict saying hey the Jews can defend themselves and they win the day mm-hmm. the only other book that is kind of similarly written I would say is like Ruth because it's truly a story it's, yeah. it reads like a story I know they're like in Judges and Kings and Samuel those are stories history. also yeah, but, it's, but it's, it's, it's it's not as much of like a written story like you yeah. would read in just a, a, a book yeah you're right I think that that's a great analogy I mean I think th- those two stories uh, really I mean I think they could be on Broadway or mm-hmm. on the silver screen I mean they're such good stories and they're such important stories as Ruth points to the fact that David is a the king that's going to have Moabite blood it's okay because you know this Ruth was uh, an incredible godly woman here you have the story of you know God's gonna although his name was never mentioned he's gonna save his people mm-hmm. and uh, and he does and he's gonna use a beauty pageant and uh, what was completely you know just one man's obsession God's plan unfolds through and uh uh, you know, one man's obsession to have a beautiful uh, uh, queen and one man's obsession to kill all the Jews, 
you know, God's plan is going to unfold. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. That's awesome. So, Esther, anything else we need to say about that? I mean, it's a, I don't think so. That was, that was I, a good job. Well, you know, the, the, my grandmother was named Esther. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, is a, that is, a, a, I would say, an old-timey name. You're not it seeing is. many, no, many, many women Esther's. named Esther not the, many these Esther's. days. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so, anyway. All right, Brooksy. Uh, anything before we get out of here? Yeah, you know, uh, golly, you said that. My mind went immediately blank. But yeah, we... we uh, <laughs> but yes, there are. Yes, there are. I know that this is an important time of year. So we have Casey in the AM. Our Sunday school starts back up. I'm really excited. Charlie's going to be teaching on sharing our faith and some, some tactics with that. And uh, our Casey groups are going to get cranked up here mm-hmm. uh, in a little bit. I start a new sermon series, uh, uh, Faithful Witness. We're actually going to be in First John. Uh, for the next five weeks, which will be uh, fun. And there's just a, a lot. We got footballs here, falls here, a lot of things happening. So well, a lot of stuff happening. And then we have a, a luncheon after church. So, hey, if you're if you're close by, come worship with us and come have lunch with us after church. We'll serve you some food. There you go. <laughs> See you guys Sunday. All right, blessings, everybody. Bye.